guys, welcome back to the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm really excited for this conversation. Uh, we've been trying to, to book this out for, I don't know, probably two or three months now. And so we're finally making it happen. Um, I'm excited to bring on uh, Colonel John Fuchko. Um, and so, so John is, is the commander of the 122nd Tactical Support Detachment. Um, he's also served as the G2 for the Georgia Army National Guard the executive officer for the 78 Troop Command and battalion commander and my commander uh, for the 221st um, Expeditionary Military Intelligence Battalion. Um, John has also served in the University System of Georgia for over 15 years, um, and he served on the board of several nonprofits, including the Center for Family Resources and the chair of the National Guard Association of Georgia Finance Committee. So a lot going on. Uh, John is a very busy individual. Uh, and he does all of this while he has 12 children. Yes, 12. Um, so that's why I brought John on to talk about kind of how he balances time, um, you know, family time and, and work and career. And so, John, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, or should I say, Colonel Fuchko, thank you for coming on. Uh, what did we chat about today? Well, we had, uh, we had a great wide-ranging conversation, but I think uh, had some great conversation about that coming together of military service and those values and how that impacts uh, raising children. Uh, few little tips and tricks that uh, work for you and work for me. And, um, and then a really great conversation at the end, I think, about humility uh, and sacrifice and, and just being vulnerable uh, as a dad and what that really means. So it's a great conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you, John, for coming on. Uh, and guys, Thanks, Drew. Let's, let's hop into the episode. Are you ready to become the dad you know you are meant to be? Good, because this is the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast where imperfect action is better than perfect ideas, promises kept are more important than promises made, and nothing happens unless you make it happen. My name is Drew, father of three, and founder of the Epic Dad Company. My mission is to help dads up their game and become the husbands, fathers, and men they're called to be. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the episode. Um, so, uh, so, John, thank you for coming on. Uh, first of all, um, I know you are a, a busy guy, so I've, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I think we've had it on the calendar for, uh, I don't know, maybe two, almost three months now. So, so super Sounds excited to right have you on. <laughs> yeah, man. Pleasure to be here. Good to see you, Drew. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so John, uh, would, would you mind just giving a, a quick bio on yourself, you know, minute less or so we'll, we'll dive into, um, a lot of different, you know, parts of it. Um, but but would love to, you know, have you tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself um, and kind of what you have going on. Yeah. Yeah. So born and raised in Georgia, um, other than military stuff, pretty much lived here my whole life. Uh, been in the National Guard since um, really since graduate school. Um, I was getting my MBA, did ROTC and simultaneously uh, joined the Guard. So I've been in the Guard now, I guess, 21 years. I'm a okay. Colonel of military intelligence uh, in uh, right now in command. A uh, couple of... Uh, deployments overseas and uh, lots of great experiences there, uh, commands and, and otherwise. Uh, also worked uh, for the state of Georgia in, in different capacities. Um, right now, I'm uh, interim president of the university, uh, but uh, have kind of a higher ed background as well. And then, um, of course, um, probably most the most important uh, with faith is, of course, being married to uh, my wife, Cherie. We've been married a little over 24 years. We have uh, 12 children ranging from just turned 23 to uh, two and a half almost. <laughs> yeah, 12. Yeah, you guys heard that right. 12, 12 kids. So that, that's why I wanted to have you on, John. So, I mean, you know, like, wanted to have you on for a couple of different reasons, right? So, one, I just wanted to make sure that I, I had you on record saying that I was the best PL that you've ever had um, when you were in command. So, if you just want to go ahead. Isn't that what your OER said? <laughs> yeah, <on>. right? <laughs> so, no, so, uh, so. John or Colonel Colonel Fuchko, uh, what, what, yeah, was my um, uh, battalion commander over at uh, the in my battalion in the state of Georgia uh, for a while. I was a PL over there. Um, you know, just incredible commander. Um, you know, really great vision for the company. Um, you know, for the for the battalion. Um, but but really wanted to bring you on, John, for that last kind of fact you mentioned. Right, you've got you've got twelve children. Um, I I feel like I have a tough time balancing my life with three. Um, so, so tell me like, what, what is the day in the I life? I feel like anytime you move to zone defense, it probably gets hard, but, um, <laughs> I, I've also, when people are like, oh, you know, I, now I feel like, uh, this is, I shouldn't be complaining, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, if you go from one to two, I think that's a hundred percent increase. Yeah. And I said, when you go from 11 to 12, you know, I don't ever really want to do math in public, <laughs> but I think that's an 8% increase. 
So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's their numbers. Numbers uh, are, are notoriously unreliable because uh, they don't always convey things uh, the way you want them to. Um, uh, I guess a mathematician would be able to, but, uh, you know, each child's different. And you do, though, get some sense of a system built as you start to uh, move into larger numbers of kids. You get older kids, and they can be helpful with younger kids. And, you know, they look out for each other, right, which mm. is what we would hope <clears throat> siblings would do anyway. Mm. Um, now, I jokingly call it a, a counterinsurgency campaign and that um you know the younger ones are the insurgents and that we're trying to turn the insurgents into counterinsurgents um as they get older so um so there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty good i mean i know like um so so i have i have two girls six and four and then we've got um a new boy's five months and so we're kind of in the throes of it you know with with, with baby life and, and that always makes things challenging for sure but i think you know, to your point, like you get to a certain phase of, of life with children, it, it, it gets a little bit easier, um, you know, and so, um, but I, I, yeah, I'd love to, to hear too, like, like with each of my kids and, and, you know, Murphy, who's my son, um, is starting to come into his own now and he's getting his own little personality, um, you know, but they, each child is different, right? Like they have different needs, um, yep. you know, you want to, not that you parent differently, but you kind of do a little bit in some sense, right? Uh, just based off the needs of the, of the, the child. So, What's been your approach in, in saying, hey, although, you know, we do have kind of a system, right, you almost have to with, with that many kids um, to be, you know, efficient and effective. Um, what's been your approach to say, hey, I want to, you know, make sure I'm giving kind of, you know, um, a personal touch and, and making sure that they're getting the things they need on an individual basis from, from you? Yeah, well, I think it's hopefully, hopefully we do a good job with that. Um, I'm sure we make mistakes. And I think that would probably be a key point <laughs> is um, you make mistakes, right? And so I, I think part of what allows us to um, be real with each of the kids and maybe hopefully respond to them where they are and, and, and meet them where they need to be um, or take them there is, is just a recognition that we're, we're going to screw something up every day. Um, and, you know, that's, that's okay. Um, mm. You know, children have survived, uh, uh, I think, worse parents than we are. Um, and, and gone on to do great things and be you know, good people and functional people and, and, and people with the heart for, for the Lord and, and for where they need to be in life, right? So um, I, I think you really have to go into it with a little bit of grace for yourself mm -hmm. and a grace for your spouse um, to be able to meet them where they are, right? If, you, if you're holding on to, we've got to do, you know, we've got to dress them this way, we've got to have five different activities that are exactly formulated to their specific interests, which they know so well at the age of four or six or eight. They've got to get A plus on every single paper they do, because if they fail their kindergarten class, they won't get into the college we want them to go to later. Like you just can't live that way. Um, and so that's kind of an overlay that I think, I think is important. Um, you know, within that though, I would say there's, um, it's, probably just think about how you relate to your friends, right? Think about how you relate to people maybe that you work with, right? Or people that you've served with. Um, you, you treat people like individuals because they are individuals, right? Mm -hmm. Which means you hopefully take some time to get to know them as individuals, you know, ask questions, know what their interests are, know how they like to do things and how they don't like to do things, know what kind of sets them off, right? Um, and so we do that naturally with, with adults, Right. We, mm -hmm. I don't think most of us say, say in a workplace setting, for example, hey, my capacity is three. And after three, you all kind of blend together. And so we're just going to kind of, just kind of treat all of you the same. Right. Yeah. We wouldn't do that for a minute. Right. We'd be, mm -hmm. you know, formulating our, um, how we approach people and how we lead them and how we manage them based on recognizing their individual adult mm -hmm. human beings. So I think we try to do the same thing with 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 our kids, right? Um, you know, one of the ways I think we do that is we try to give them some agency uh, mm -hmm. themselves, particularly as they get older. Um, be supportive, but you know, help them recognize and build into their life consequences. And I'll give you an example of that in a minute. But um, it's just 
recognizing and taking the time to acknowledge each of them as individuals. And no, there's not going to be a, you know, each parent with each child is going to go out and have a night's out once a week. By definition, yeah. that's mathematically impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but is also knowing each child doesn't want necessarily that night out once a week, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got one, um, one of our kids, Nicholas, who um, he is, he's, he gets focused in on certain things, right? He's 15. Uh, one of the things he's been focused in on really the last two years are like home and, and grounds improvement efforts. Okay. Okay. Right. That's yeah, his that's, thing. that's nice. That's nice for you. Well, it right? is. Except <laughs> he's it's a pretty constant conversation when you're around him of I've researched this. I think we ought to be doing this. I think we ought to be doing that. And I'm like, well, Nicholas, you know, I could spend my entire income on your home improvement projects yeah. uh, and we'd still be going at it. Right. Um, but there is some stuff there that he likes to do. So it's like, OK, you know, he. He wanted some sort of tool. Well, let's get him the tool. And then he wants to be able to share this is what his plans are. This is what he's working on. So you have that conversation with him about mm -hmm. that. So that's really meaningful for him. But then um, Laura, who's who's the next one down from him, um, her deal is drawing, right? So yeah. what what she really wants is not time off with mom or dad, you know, at a, you know, going out to to eat somewhere. She wants time in her room to go draw mm -hmm. and not to be disturbed with with any with other things right and so giving her the tools that she needs so she can draw the way that she wants to uh, became really um, that 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 way of, of, of meeting her where she is so it's it's just taking the time to get to know to get to know the get to know them but I, I think the agency piece once again is important in that because uh, I think sometimes um, they're not careful parents can kind of force kids into what it is they yeah. think the kids ought to be interested in mm -hmm. or what they think the kids ought to be doing. And, and my, my, my thought is um, if you get to 17 or 18, or whenever it is that you go off to college or you go off to the military or you, you kind of launch into life, um, if you haven't learned to make decisions and assess the impact and, and, and live with the impact, mm -hmm. then, uh, you're, you're probably set up for failure, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and frankly, if you haven't experienced some failure, you probably are truly set up for failure. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so some of the, you know, and it's played out different ways with different kids, but uh, an example of that is uh, car insurance, right? So um, first off, I don't buy the kids' cars, right? So they get okay. older, they want a car, they got to buy a car. Um, okay. Now, you know, lots of reasons for that. One is learning how to buy a car, right? And yeah. so, you know, it's not just like, hey, go, let me throw you out to, you know, whoever's used cars that's going to take advantage of them. But, you know, it's their purchase. Mm -hmm. So we'll be supportive, but hey, it's your purchase. Um, you know, if you're 18, you're doing it and you need me to co-sign a loan or whatever, uh, you know, then then I'll do that. But it's, it's your purchase. You're making the payment. You're doing this. Um, and then insurance, my rule is I will pay <clears throat> while you're under our roof, um, I will pay $100 towards your car insurance each month. So if you get a reasonable car and you have good grade student discount and you don't get in accidents and you don't get tickets, then that covers most of your insurance. Yeah, but, Not if, you're all driving it, like but, a, most yeah, but if you're driving like a crazy person and you get two tickets and hey, that's going to be their bill they're paying, right? <laughs> yes, yep. And I'll tell you, with one of one of our one of our older kids, um, they 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 had a lot of tickets and, and accidents. And they got to the point they couldn't afford it, um, and so they had to make some changes in their uh, lifestyle and and so on because they basically didn't have a car they could drive because they mm -hmm. couldn't afford to to pay it. Mm -hmm. um, and you know that that child has um, a young adult. Um, you know, I think. It's, it was hard, but it was also part of the maturing, mm -hmm. right? It's part of what that that one child needed to 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 mature in, in that area. So um, then others, you know, have been have done great with it. Uh, and one, you know, he um, he actually did get in a in a small accident, and it really messed up the front of his car. It didn't touch really the back of the truck of the person that he he tapped into. 
And the guy was like, you know what? He's like, I'm fine. Like, you're good, whatever. And so JJ was like, all right, well, he had, he spent several weekends with um, searching for parts at junkyards yeah, yeah. and other sort of stuff to get that car back up to operational and had to, you know, he had to install a new radiator and um, use some muscle and, and other tools to uh, get his hood back in a, in a reasonable way. And it, the car still looks a little bit questionable, but uh, you know, it drives and uh, he, he, he learned some lessons and also probably learned some, some new mechanical uh, uh, skills <laughs> along the way. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're hard lessons, but I just, I'm, I'm of the mindset that um, home is the best place to learn those. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And because you do have an ultimate safety network of, you know, you're not going to starve. Um, you're not, you are loved. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to have something happen to you that's just ruins your life. Um, you're going to have that support, but you can have some things that will make it really hard and you learn how to work. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, I love that, that, that mindset and kind of that approach, um, try to take a, a similar path with my kids and they're much younger, obviously. So, you know, not, not major decisions happening right now. Um, yep. you know, but, but still that they need to know, you know, what's the impact of that decision. Um, if there are any consequences and really to your point, I think like having agency to make the road decisions yep. is, is big. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel like in society, society today that that's not done enough with fathers, um, you know, we, we tend to shelter our kids and, and feel like our job is to protect them from everything. Um, and then they get out into the real world and, and, you know, it's going to be a different story. Um, so yeah, like, like doing that in a controlled environment, right? Like you said that, Hey, you're not going to starve. Like I, I love you. Um, you know, you're going to be safe here, but, but you are going to have to make your own choices. You know, you are going to have to learn from those, those decisions is huge. Um, so yeah, small caveat on that. So <laughs> Uh, my kids, my older ones are six and four, right? Um, and they've been talking a whole bunch of smack about um, beating me in a foot race. Um, ah, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, like, Dad, I'll, I'll smoke you in Can a foot they? race. No, no. Of course. Um, yeah. You, yeah, they were like, I'm going to smoke you in a foot race. I was like, okay, fine, let's go do it, you know? Um, and, you know, like, I could have, like, done, like, the nice thing, right? Of like, oh, let me, you know, after I'm trying hard and, and let them win at the yeah. end or whatever. And I was like, I was like, what lesson are they going to learn from that, though, right? Like, Yep. Like, no. So we got on the starting line, you know, and my wife said, all right, go. And like, just, I mean, dominated them. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to show you the video. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, the lesson behind it was, yep. you know, was, was really twofold. It's like, um, you know, one, like you're going to have to learn to, to be okay with failure and like yep. failing, you know, and like I said, it's in a controlled environment, right? Like I still love them. Um, yep. But they need, they need to understand, like, they're not the best at everything. Um, like, like, you know, failure is a part of life. And, and if you really want to beat that in a foot race, that means you're gonna have to work really hard. Uh, it's yes. not just going to come naturally, you yep. know? That's exactly um, right. Yeah. And then the other one was, of course, don't talk smack unless you can back it up. You know, that's an important one too. So, um, but, but no, I feel like we don't do that enough as parents. Um, and, you know, kind of going back to the military too, the philosophy of mission command. Um, I think once I, I got a commission and kind of learned that philosophy, I, I've taken that approach to a lot of things. Um, whether it's in family life, whether it's in the military, of course, um, or even in my civilian career and, and leading teams, you know, it is, I want to make sure that, you know, my, for this example, my kids kind of understand like what the vision is for right. uh, our family, yep. which is really like, what are our values? What are our principles? Um, and, and make sure they understand that very clearly and then let them make their own decisions about that. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. yep. And, you know, the, 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 the challenging piece of that will be <clears throat> as they get older, Right. And as our own, um, you know, you know, kind of going back to the idea around failure. Right. So um, our own behavior does not always entirely align with um, with our values. Right. Mm -hmm. There's going to be things, whether it's, you know, simple things like, man, I'm not getting up this morning to to do some sort of physical activity. <laughs> right. Or. Uh, I'm not, you know, we're going to kind of leave the dishes on the table and go take a nap. Um, right. So, um, you know, to, to larger things. So like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I want to spend money on this, uh, this nice new truck that I want to be driving around and I'm not investing money in those long-term things that I say are important. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> and so as your kids get older, they start to notice that. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and they'll call you out on it. Yeah. All right. And so that's, um, but that's kind of a good thing because it, 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 you know, iron sharpens iron. Right. And so it's, it's one of those things that kind of comes back to like, okay, when, when they talk about children being a sanctifying experience, mm -hmm. um, that's some of what, what I think they're, they're talking about. It's not just the challenges of, oh, they're not doing something they should be. And that's really challenging me. It's sometimes when you raise them, right. And they're, they're like, yeah, we're going to live a life consistent with values. They're going to push back on you where maybe you started to slip a little bit. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then like, you know, dad, how is that consistent with, with X, Y, and Z? And they might not say it quite like that, uh, but uh, they'll, they'll probably, they'll say it. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a good thing. Right. That's, yeah. that's part of that I think journey. That's, that's, that's good for, for two reasons. Like, like one, it's going to help keep you accountable, right. To, to doing what you said you're yep. going to do and make sure you're living consistent yep. with your values, which is like extremely important for your children to, to see. Right. But then also nobody is perfect. Like we're going to make mistakes and like, you know, there's gonna be times where like, Hey, we're super tired. And, and we said, we we're going to do the dishes and we didn't do it. Right. And, yep. you know, and, and like, yeah, we, we probably should do them, but then it also helps teach your kids the lesson that nobody's perfect. Right. Like even yep. dad that's trying to live to these values. Right. Like I make mistakes too. Um, and like, that's okay. Um, you know, but, but yeah, that, that that's, that's huge. Mm. Yeah. Little humility teaches, teaches us humility, which is, um, I think sometimes the hardest, um, one of the hardest things, well, particularly if you have, if you feel, you know, if you feel good about your, your marriage and, um, kids and, um, you know, work and, and all of those things, uh, you know, relationships with, uh, with the Lord and, 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 and with other people, um, it is easy to be, oh yes, I'm humble it's actually a lot harder to humble oneself, mm -hmm. right? Um, and just, just to be able to kind of say, I'm sorry, I screwed that up. Yeah. And just no excuses, no nothing else. Just, yeah, that was a screw up. I'm sorry, I apologize for that. We accept, mm -hmm. you know, we accept my apology, we forgive me. Um, and, you know, you get opportunities to humble yourself many times <laughs> raising children. Uh, <laughs> So you get practiced at it, which is a good thing. I think. Yeah. Well, uh, so John, tell me, tell me a little bit about you know, military service and how that has, well, one, when did you, when did you start having children? Were you in the military when, when you had your first child? Yeah. So, um, the, not really, um, well, you said I had done my first two years of ROTC yeah. at, at Kennesaw state where I did my undergrad and, um, and so let's see. Yeah. So technically, yeah, we had um, uh, done a little bit of that before our first child, which was born in 99 and then um, started uh, contracted in ROTC and, and, and joined the guard uh, in 2001. And so it was probably five months after our second child was born. Okay. Uh, JJ. Um, so he's born like January of that year. And I, and I joined in July of okay. 2001. So, um, so I would say the marriage, uh, and the, the first two kids proceed, you know, swearing the oath, uh, but all the rest of them have, um, have been since that time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm curious to, to know, well, well, one question, have you been Intel your entire career? Did you commission that? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, I'd love to know. Kind of what values um, you know have you taken away from the military that have been helpful you know in in kind of leading the family? Yeah. So, and I would say probably it's important for for us as a family, <clears throat> our part of our family culture of um, you know we've got family history on both 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 sides, my wife's side and, and mine. Uh, in mine, I know we we trace it back to Revolutionary War. Um, my eighth great grandfather, I think, who was That's a, really cool. a private private there um and then every generation of, of puchkos uh, my great-grandfather who came over from the ukraine um in uh the 1890s and uh you know he served in spanish american war in the philippines he had two sons um one of them my great uncle he served in world war ii my dad was in the army my mom was in the army um, okay yeah and, long and line. yeah we've got um 
we've got at least one one star general somewhere up in there. We've got some Air Force. Um, my uh, my wife's side, they've got Navy and Marine and Army, and I think Air Force too. I mean, we got all four okay. branches Man. Um, okay. represented. So, um, so there, there's I, I think um, I think there's so much that that I feel like I probably learned from the military. I, I love how you talk about mission command, and that's certainly. Um, that concept of kind of like delegating and so on is 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 huge, um, particularly honestly in in a in a workplace sort of mm-hmm. setting and in leading. Um, but you know, I, I think there's probably probably two things that um, <clears throat> have really resonated with me that I think have played out <clears throat> hopefully in the family and and in and elsewhere. And so you know, I think it was. Uh, mission first people always right so um the idea that you know we really do have to get done we have to get done right there's mm-hmm. just things you've got to do um but if you don't if your people aren't there with you if you're not taking care of folks along the way and showing compassion um and and not just showing compassion but having compassion mm-hmm. right um and, and making yourself suffer a little bit when they're when they're suffering um then then i think you you lose a lot right and so um, you know, it's, I've, I've been in situations before where, for example, you know, you're having to lay people off. Right. And so, um, and kind of my, my philosophy is, is as best I can, I want to know every one of those people who's being impacted, mm-hmm. um, because it should hurt, right. It should be hard. It should be difficult, um, for me, it should be emotionally difficult mm-hmm. for me. Um, and it's a heck of a lot more emotionally difficult for them, but you've got to, you got to maintain this, this kind of in touch with that. Um, and that's, that's one of those things that I think we've tried to teach, you know, teach our kids is to have that, um, that level of, of compassion um, and concern, right? And that's played out in interesting ways. You know, I, um, we occasionally I'll, I'll uh, well, actually the kids just, uh, the older two, with a couple of their friends, they just did a, a cross country trip. Okay. Um, and they they kind of outfitted our, our van borrowed it for two weeks um and uh with two of their friends from high school who are twins and and one one other friend from uh, university of north georgia um yeah they got in this van and and they you know they yeah, i mean it was classic classic cross-country adventure okay <clears throat> and the stories are starting to roll out now that they're they feel like we're not gonna you know freak out about any of them yeah. um but you know they had this um this uh I think it was right near the Grand Canyon, this interaction um, with a uh, with a lady who was um, just having a difficult time with the, the, the person she's in relationship with who was there, right? Um, and, and could have been, frankly, a potentially probably dangerous situation. And um, my kids, uh, you know, JJ and Hannah, uh, with particular help from one of the other uh, friends, um, they like engaged, right? And, um, you know, Hannah was engaging with the young lady, JJ and the other were, were, were engaging with the, the man that was in, involved in this, um, de-escalating yet at the same time, like they, they ultimately ended up having to get law enforcement involved, um, to, uh, you know, really kind of protect this person who was probably in a, in a potentially maybe abusive situation, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, on the one hand, I'm kind of like, you know, walk away, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then the other part of me is like, this is kind of how we raised them, right? You know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I told myself, I think when I heard about one of those things up in, I don't know, it was in New York City or something where somebody, you know, was was attacked in broad daylight and, you know, a crowd of 100 people were like yeah, just, just watching, kind of yeah. like standby mm-hmm. syndrome. And I'm like, I told myself then, I was a teenager, I'm like, I'm never going to be that person, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to. You know, if I'm going to make a mistake, it's going to be a mistake of engaging, not a mistake of, well, somebody else will take care of this, yeah. right? Mm. So we've, you know, that's a military thing, right? And, yeah. and take care of your people. It's a military value. Uh, and so I feel like we've, we've kind of raised them with that, and that's been um, important and a big part of, of who we are. The, um, you know, so that's, I, I think that's a, a big, a big component to it is, is that, is thinking of, about, about people. And um and taking care of people. I think the other one is just that sense of service, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this idea. We've had two two of the two of the older 
you know, 18 and up, two of those have joined mm -hmm. um, are, and are in the uh, Army National Guard. Um, but it's, it's even those who, who haven't, um, uh, you know, sworn an oath there, they're, they find other ways to, to serve. Um, and each one in their own way. And some, you know, some are still, you know, working through issues. Maybe they're more, more inwardly focused. But with every one of them, there is just a sense of, of service, of duty um, to, to something greater than, than yourself. So <clears throat> while with Hannah and Michael, for example, that, that kind of manifested in a lot of ways, but very specifically in, in both of them joining uh, the Army. Um, but even with those who haven't, they have still have that value. They just, they just express it in a, in a different way, right? Mm. Um, and in how they um, take care of their friends and take care of, of people. Uh, that they that they come across. Um, so those those are some of the some of the core values. Those are probably less skills and more values, mm -hmm. um, which I think was the question. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But um, uh, I, I think some of those are some of the ones that, to my mind, are some of the most important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think to, to the, the kind of first value that you're talking about, taking people like you mentioned something as well that's really just about responsibility, right? Um, yeah. And, and taking responsibility, taking ownership. Which I think is huge. Like, like we have a saying in, in, in my family, I try to, you know, uh, teach my kids is, um, you know, hey, if you see a piece of trash on the ground, like pick it up. Like, doesn't matter if it's your trash, like you need to pick it up. Um, and, and it just speaks to like, as they get further and further along in life, like, you know, taking that ownership of like, I'm, I'm ultimately going to be, you know, in control outside of some, some outside factors, obviously that can happen, you know, to your life. But right. like, but ultimately, like the decisions that I make are going to, to help shape what my future is going to look like. And like, I need to take responsibility. I don't want to wait on somebody else to make that decision. Um, yep. It's like, I, I want to take that ownership, you know? So yeah, that's a huge one that we're trying to instill in our kids even early on. Yeah. I, and I think that's so, that actually reminds me, I won't say the country, I won't um, be critical of another country, but uh, um, I will say I was in a, in, in a foreign country overseas and um, I, I was, uh, kind of driving down a, a street um, and had, I think we had an, an interpreter with us, you know, somebody local. And I just, just would drive by some, some gorgeous houses, right? And then um, these, these nice pristine lots. And then literally like the neighbor's yard, if it was even a yard, and it would look like somebody, it's like a trash heap. It looks like somebody yeah. used it as a dump. And I was like, what, you know, what's, what's going on there? And I, what do you mean what's going on there? I'm like, what? Like, and they were just like, they, they didn't, they didn't see any incongruity. It was like, well, that's, that's their, that's, that's person's home. And right there, yeah. their, their stuff is good. So they don't care about any of the rest of this. Like, and I'm, I'm like, well, first of all, it bothers me that it's, you know, that dirty, but, <laughs> um, but it was very much this kind of, there was not a sense of community, community um, of we're all going to kind of take care of the community. And I'm sure they did <clears throat> in other ways, maybe expressing another means. I mean, I hope so. Um, but it just struck me that um, the idea of the value that you're inculcating in, in your kids of, hey, you know, we're all kind of responsible for keeping this clean and, and so on like that just it seems like that might be foreign idea in some cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say it's kind of an Americanized concept for sure um, of of the ownership, and and you know I've had the opportunity to, to deploy as well, and, and um, you know haven't really seen that in other areas, and so I, I don't know if that's an American concept or or, or not, but um, it's one that yeah has been important for for my life, um, and you know the the somewhat of success that I've seen in my career and, and family life and things like that is really just the ownership of like hey if I you know for instance like like in a in a job right like if I want to go over here and get this job, you know, there's a couple of options, right? I could just post my resume and see what happens. Or I could take the onus on myself and say, okay, I'm going to make this happen. You know, right. um, I'm not going to wait on them to, to look at my resume and, and say, well, let's, let's see if you're a good fit or not. Like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to look on LinkedIn. I'm going to see who the hiring manager is. I'm going to reach out, you know, I'm going to see, you know, and do everything I can to, to make that happen. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, take, like I said, taking the ownership, um, uh, you know, and, and just making it happen for yourself and not really waiting on, on other people to make the decision, you know? That's, that's, yeah, you, you 
and you got to recognize you kind of put yourself out there when you do that, right? Yeah. Because some mm-hmm. people might respond to it the wrong way. Um, you might get rebuffed. You might get rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might get treated rudely, and you kind of have to like, okay, I'm going to be. I'm going to take that as a lesson that maybe this isn't the organization I want to be a part of. If yeah. This is how um, they're going to respond, right? So, um, but it can be painful in the process. It can, yeah. it can, it can kind of like. <laughs> Wow, that was not what I was expecting, right? Yeah, no, it's and then not other times, it's, mm-hmm. it's the exact opposite. Um, you know, one of the things too with that that I think is is really good about what you said is um, is if you pair that with a good memory, it will impact how you behave when you're a leader, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the jobs I have now, whether it's in the army or it's in higher education, generally I don't have an issue with getting my phone calls returned. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's, but I, I now I'm getting, you know, I get those approaches, of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the call from somebody who I might not know very well, or I might not know at all. Right. But they're, they're putting themselves out there. And so then it's like, okay, wow, maybe that was me 20 years ago, right. Yeah. Or 15 years ago. Now I need to make sure I'm, I'm behaving the way that, um, that I ought to be. And in the way I tend to think about that is, um, you don't ever know what type of day somebody's having, right? Mm-hmm. You really don't. Um, and it could be, uh, you know, that that per, you know, that person reaching out to you is is having a great day, and um, they're they're doing their thing, and um, and you're polite to them. They're like, okay, but you know, maybe whatever. You're not interested. You're not. You don't have a need for whatever it is they're talking to you about. And everybody goes on. Other times, though, sometimes people are reaching out to you in a, in a very vulnerable way, right? Mm-hmm. And they might be reaching out because they've been out of work for X amount of time and they're about to lose their house or, you know, their their family situation is, is deteriorated. Um, and, you know, you can't be a, a, a counselor for every person you talk to and talk to them for two hours about whatever. But sometimes uh, an engaging, kind word, seeing where somebody really is, um, offering up maybe a silent prayer for them, whatever it might be, you know, investing two or three extra minutes mm-hmm. um, can resonate through that person's life, yeah. right? That may be the one thing that kind of said, hey, mm-hmm. wow, I'm, I'm, that person just invested something in me. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to see that as a reflection of my self-worth, which they probably really shouldn't, but, you know, uh, but they do, right? People do. Um, and that sometimes gives them what they need to, to take those next steps. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I tell our new students in orientation, I tell them a couple of things. One of them is go to class, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, um, get involved on campus. Um, but one thing that I tell them is, look, you're going to fail. Yeah. I said, there are some of these things you're going to fail. If you don't fail anything in college, you're probably in the wrong classes or, you know, you're, you're, you've studiously figured out how to avoid any meaningful transformational change, right? Yeah. You're going to fail. So it might be a paper, <clears throat> might be a group project. It's, it's something that's not going to work. I said, no, that's okay. What's not okay is if you stop there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's you got to get back up, figure out what I need to do differently, how I need to engage. I said, we can help you with that, but um, recognize you're going to fail. And um, so I was, I was, uh, talking with a student recently who um they they failed something and um they got back up and keep moving and they said yeah i told myself they said hey president fuchko said i could fail it's okay yeah right we can keep moving um and so uh you know sometimes um those small little interactions with people can just Mm -hmm. make a huge difference um and when your kids see you do that um or, you know, sometimes your kids will be, you know, waylaid by that person on the side if you're at an event being like, hey, your dad did X, Y, Z for me, right? Um, you know, that's a powerful message uh, for, for your child um, to, to, to hear and be like, oh, wow, yeah, this is what he's talking about when yeah. talking about these things. Yeah, and it really comes down to the word presence too, right? You know, yeah. um, and, and actually being present in the conversation that you're in, not thinking about other things, you know, not checking email, you know, just actually being like in the conversation. And I think that's really important too with your, your kids, just to bring it back to yeah. the family life too. And, and you know, like, like we, as a company, like we have the opportunity to talk to thousands of dads um, and, and pulse them about, hey, what's your biggest challenge, right? Um, and 
more often than not, it's one balancing time. Um, and then two being present with my kids, um, yep. you know, and, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's tough. We've got a lot of external pressures pulling on us, you know, at all times and, and, you know, totally understand that. Uh, and I, I struggle with that every single day. Um, you know, but just the, the impact of you being actually present with your, your children is just humongous. Right. And they and know, right. Yeah. And it doesn't take yeah. much time either. It's not like, you know, at least for my kids, um, and, and each, each child is different, but you know, I don't have to sit down and play with them for an hour at a time. It's just, you know, I, I need to put my phone away and, and be present and engage yeah. in the conversation for, for five minutes. Right. And then they're like, okay, I'm gonna go to something else, you know, but they, they exactly got, right. they got yeah. what they needed from that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Our kids, uh, Juliana is our youngest girl. She's five. Um, and, uh, it was funny the other day. So she's been working on addition, subtraction, et cetera. Right. And you know, she's got her little school stuff that she's working, but, um, she's been asking me about it directly. And so she was asking, she was asking about it. And I, I, I wasn't actually really paying attention. I, I, don't, I don't know if I was looking at a book or I was looking at a phone or whatever it was. We were just kind of sitting there. And she's like, I know you're not listening to me. I need you to answer my question. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yes, you're right. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we had a conversation about ice cream bars. And if you eat two, you know, and you had five and you eat two, how many ice cream bars do you have left? And she's like, three and I'm like well that's subtraction right there just five minus two like, okay I got it she was done right so yeah so yeah 30 mm. second interaction on on subtraction um but uh yeah they uh they know if you're not paying attention yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll call you on it in a second yeah at least my kids will <laughs> oh yeah mine do too and I'll, I'll find myself you know they're trying to chat me about something and I'm checking an email or whatever and I, I don't know how many times they've actually like physically grabbed my phone and like put it away, you know? And it's like, yeah, yep, yeah. you're right. You're right. Got you know? it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank you for calling me out on that six-year-old, you know? So, <laughs> well, um, well, John, well, I'll, I know you're, you're busy. We'll, we'll wrap here in a minute, but um, I've got two, two questions for you. Um, one, I ask every, every guest that we have on and I'll save that one um, for the next question. But um, if there's, you know, someone that's just tuning in, right. And, and they're a dad, they're, they're struggling um you know to, to want to connect with their kids uh to, to find that presence and really instill value to their children and, and just having a rough time like what would you you know have have the one piece of advice for them um and we've talked about a lot you know during this conversation yeah. But, yeah. but what would be one big takeaway from this you know a, a, a theme that you would want to leave with them you know um you know love of course is at the, the base of all of it right and so um I think you kind of have to love God. I think you kind of have to, you know, I don't know if love yourself is the right word, but uh, you have to respect yourself um, to be in a spot, I think, to, to give love to, to other people. Right. And, um, and I just mean, in terms of, if you don't, if you don't have a love for, for God and you don't respect yourself, um, then it's really hard to be in a spot, I think, where you can be constantly giving to others. So, you know, that, that would be one piece, but I, I think the, the, the number one thing, it really is, maybe not number one, but humility. I think humility is, is key. And, and what I mean by humility in this sense is a, um, besides kind of the vulnerability of it, um, it's just a, a, a willingness to say, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is not where I want to be yes, you're right to, to challenge me on this and to bring this out. Um, but I still love you and I'm still engaged and um, I might owe you an apology and I'm not going to be afraid to do that, right? And, and so, um, you know, we've had one or two of our kids, maybe more than that, but um, what I'm thinking of right now, who, you know, there was, you know, just would constantly, constantly, constantly pushing eight. And it would be, and at times it, it probably was one of those, I am the dad, you need to do as I say, you know, you're going to obey me, et cetera. Um, and, and yeah, you need to expect obedience from, from children, particularly from, from younger children. Um, at the same time, there are probably things that um, we would engage on and I, and, and I would, and he would get really upset um, at, you know, no, we're enforcing it this way. 
and I, I kind of, there's a Bible verse about, you know, fathers don't provoke their children to anger, right? And it's like, well, what does that really mean? Have you really thought about that, mm. that verse? And, and what, you know, um, it certainly says children obey your parents, but it says fathers don't provoke your children to anger. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was fathers, right? I think mm. it's, it's one of the things they said, this is something that, you know, dads <laughs> are a little grass. bit more yeah. you know, inclined to. And part of what I've concluded it might mean, or at least what it means in, in my setting is um, I may be technically right, right? This may be the technically best answer, but I can't always be the wise, I know all father, and I'm going to teach you this lesson. Sometimes I have to be like, you know, I'm, I'm maybe pushing harder than you need to be pushed right now. I'm maybe doing something that um, that isn't right in my own life, right, mm -hmm. uh, or in my own approach that's impacting you, and I need to be have the humility um, to recognize that and to ask for your grace and your forgiveness, even if you're an eight year old, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, that uh, you've got to do that, and that's humbling, right? Because particularly with twelve kids. You almost always, any given day, you're going to do something with at least one or more of them where you're like, yeah, that was, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I should have been listening. I'm sorry. You know, um, so, which is kind of why I go back to that. You got to kind of have, I think that love for the Lord and you need to have um, some, some grace and some respect for yourself, because if you don't, it can be frankly, it can be traumatic, like constantly, you're constantly apologizing and constantly realizing when you fall short. Mm -hmm. um, but you kind of got to be okay with that. You kind of mm -hmm. got to be recognized that you're loved as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that, um, and, and respect yourself enough to say, yeah, I, I'm doing some good stuff. I don't, I'm not, I'm not this horrible person. Um, uh, but, but I'm, I'm respected, I'm loved, I'm loving. And then you can approach your children that humility that I think you need to. Yeah, no, huge. I love that. Um, so the, the other other question, and I'd pose this to everyone that we have on, um, you know, like th there is a, a technical, to use that term again, um, you know, biological definition of, of what a father is, right? Like someone that bears children, um, you know, but obviously from our conversation, it encompasses a lot more than that, um, you know, to, to be a good father, be a good dad. So, you know, almost everyone has the capability um, you know, outside of some, some cases to, to father a child, um, you know, but what does it really mean to be a dad? And, and what would you say is the definition of a dad? Um, that's a really good question, actually. I guess I should have done some more research. Here. No, that, no, I, I keep uh, it hidden. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think there's probably a word in there that also has an A in it, sacrifice, right? Yeah. So I think um, being a dad is, is really having a willingness to sacrifice oneself for your children, for your spouse, for others, you know, as a military person, for your country, right? Um, it's making big sacrifices and small sacrifices, right, um, of yourself to them, to the Lord, to, um, to the people around you, um, always being in that sacrificial sort of, of mindset. Doesn't mean you don't ever do some stuff for you. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But um, I think that's, um, you know, when, when you see, um, you know, you read stories from, from, from scripture, from really any of the, the great spiritual literature that's there from all the faiths um from just history um the the noblest um you know thing that you see <clears throat> is when somebody sacrifices themselves right mm. um you know you kind of think of a tale of two cities and um the uh the the main character there who i don't believe had any children right but he switched himself with the man who I think had been his rival maybe at one point, but who did have, I believe was married and maybe had a child. Um, can't quite remember the story well enough other than 
um, he, he switched himself. He sacrificed himself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think Anthony knows a far, far better thing that I've done now than I've ever done is a far, far better rest I go to than I've ever known. Mm -hmm. Um, I would argue he was a dad to that family. Yeah. Right. Even though biologically he wasn't right. Mm -hmm. He, he was, it was the essence of, of fatherhood and sacrifice. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely love that answer. Um, you know, and uh, I had a guest on that, that talked about their, their definition of it. It was a lot of the same as the sacrifice, but it was, it was really painted a clear picture of, you know, the, um, the, there's a, I don't know if it's a famous drawing or what, but you've probably seen on the internet um, that, that, you know, there's a dad, he's holding the hand of his daughter um, and there's pieces missing from him right that yep. help make the daughter whole um and it's not really about you know you trying to like instill your you know yourself and, and make them a version of you but it's That's really right. about like taking the best parts of yourself to help them create their own future you know and sacrificing yep. sacrificing that so um john thank you so much for coming on yep absolutely um, great conversation um, I, I don't know if you're on social media or if anybody wants that, to ask a question, you know, of you, if that's okay. Yeah, I think um, I'm, I, I, I won't say I post a lot on social media, but <laughs> I am on it. So it's just, um, there's not many John Fuchs goes out there. So yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah. And, uh, and guys, um, we will see you on the next episode.